0: Assalamu salamu alaykum, brothers and sisters. Welcome back to The Realist Podcast in the dunya. We had the two hosts. Rami is missing. but No worries. We got two brothers, Ahmed and Khalil. Brothers, how y'all doing today?
1: Assalamu <laughs> alaikum
2: alaykum. Allah wabarakatuh. everyone. I'm doing all Yes, right. As-salamu
0: alaikum, Alhamdulillah. i doing Mas- well as Thanks for having me. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. All right, guys. So, today... In this episode, we've got a lot of crazy things that we're going to get into, especially inshallah for the next few episodes to come. And I uh, why do you give them a little drip as to what's to come here.
3: So bro, this whole new series, this new chapter that we're starting with the two brothers here is going to be mainly revolving around the concept of Jin in islam which i will let ahmed in a bit take over and go a little bit more into if he will inshallah um we're going to be talking about various different concepts relating to jinn a lot of different things that society deems as you know supernatural or you know ufos or extraterrestrial stuff and we're just going to be bringing it back to an islamic understanding
1: would you like to introduce or would you like me to introduce the topic very briefly I'll very briefly like
2: start, and if I miss anything, we <laughs> can jump in, because I, I know I will. But very briefly, we'll look at jinn and how that relates to psychedelics, which is quite an interesting topic. You guys have covered it on the channel with Brother Gabriel as well, and that was really insightful. But I think it's a topic that oftentimes can be quite interesting, and Muslims can sometimes get sucked into it, but no one explains it and no one breaks it down. So the idea of this is to really break down the different concepts. And not just psychedelics, but that's which surrounds it. So UFOs and magic and all of these different things, star signs, all of, all of it. Like there's so many different aspects. So in this series, inshallah, we want to break it down, make it simple and then relate it back to Islam and explain why the Islamic, the Islamic way of defining things and looking at things is the best and the most simple. But also what it means as a consequence in the hereafter and so on. Yeah, inshallah.
1: It's It's getting more popular than ever nowadays. You have the new age movement. You have this new wave spirituality. You have uh, people getting into yoga who aren't even Hindus. And then you have uh, all these different concepts that are being talked about that are not being explained correctly in its historical context, It's being explained in a way that's like a new fad or something that's good to do without realizing the dangers or the ancient history behind it. So some other things such as not only psychedelics, but astral, astral projection or astral travel, uh, lucid dreaming, yoga, all of these, uh, trance meditation, all of these things that people are get into. And you see even, even religious people get into it. Or, um, and I'm not just talking about Muslims, but Christians too can get into this kind of stuff. Or someone will see that, okay, this is my religion. But at the same time, I'm reading this book called The Secret to Help Me With My Business. And all of these things, whether it's drugs or whether it's this belief in the law of attraction, it's all coming from the same tree. And I think, or the same, if you will, it's not really a tree; it's more of a fungus. And I'll explain why I, I consider it to be a fungus because <clears throat> it grows in the dark. It's not—it's not something that that gives you light. But people understand it as something that gives you uh, something, a, a blessing or beauty in your life. When in reality, it's more connected with something more ancient and more dark than that. so with all means if you guys want to ask a question or if you guys would just like us to start uh it's up to you this is your podcast even though it's our episode but it's your podcast
3: yo i got a quick question for anhel because anhel is a new muslim new revert so without going too much into anecdotal personal evidence right do you personally have any relations or experience with knowing about jinn before islam because i know now you have a fair bit of understanding compared to before
0: uh yeah well i knew about them i just didn't know they were called jinn Uh, okay so what made you know about them Uh, i had experiences that lack of better words made me s-h-i-t we won't say the word for the algorithm, um, obviously, keep P13, it 13 but uh, it definitely scared me for years. And um, when I did research, um, the names that I came upon were like um, dark entities and stuff like that.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, usually, usually they call uh, when non Muslims experience these experiences, they call them entities. And they have their own beliefs around them. But like Khalil was saying in the the intro, Islam gives the best, most comprehensive explanation of it that makes sense of everything. So we made a video, we dropped a video on DMT, UFOs and um, magic and the link between all of them. So the purpose of that video was to give the history behind what DMT is, what happens when people smoke it. And the fact that, or or a consumer in any way, and the fact that when people do DMT, almost categorically they meet what they call entities, right? So they have a name for it, the DMT entities. So after he talked about that, I started talking about UFOs and aliens and the history of that, because again, and this is actually a very interesting time because just recently on 60 Minutes, which is a mainstream media news source, you had someone. Uh, I think he was a Navy uh, pilot or a Navy uh, sailor who was admitting that, yes, he saw UFOs, and now the Pentagon, the U.S. military, admits that there are UFOs. They don't know what they are, and they call them unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs. So that's the official code for it in the U.S. military. But U.S. military is now open about it, right? And they're saying, okay, yeah, we admit that there's something out there that we don't know what they are, and it has these categoristic, categories and characteristics, right? So I start... and. You have different uh, space agencies from other countries also that research this phenomenon and look into it. And so only recently they started being more open about about this with the public saying, yes, we know that this exists. So ultimately what happened was I, in that video, was that I was saying, look, people have these entity experiences or meetings with entities when they're doing DMT, but we look at alien and UFO. Uh, encounters or abductions or contact experiences and I said this experience is almost exactly the same as the DMT experience they're very similar the DMT entities and the UFO entities share basically the exact same characteristics they give you very similar messages Uh, the people that go through these experiences have similar um, symptoms that they experience and then when we look back even further in history right so people in the past seeing what they thought were goblins or seeing what they thought were fairies or elves or so forth. When you look into the past, every culture had their own point of view on this, whether it was spirits of the dead or uh, some type of uh, spirit of nature or whatever they believed that it was. It shared the same characteristics as the whole UFO abduction experience. And I went over some books where researchers talked about that. And these weren't some... By uh, was mosquito. These, these weren't some... Let me close my screen door. Actually, I can't All right, so where was I, guys? Yes, I was talking about how <clears throat> there's a connection between all of these different entity encounters. So no matter what form the entity took, whether it was a ghost or an alien or anything like that, the pattern of behavior and the pattern behind the encounter was the same, whether it was drug-induced or whether the person said he actually saw in his waking Life, or whether it, it was a dream, or he woke up and something was at the foot of his bed, uh, like what he thought was an angel or a demon or an alien, it was always the same pattern, right? And so, we break we, in, in the video, in the course of that video, we broke that pattern down and we said these are the similar characteristics between all of these encounters. Therefore, DMT entities are the same entities as the UFO entities. Historically speaking, shamans did magic and did certain rituals or ate certain potions or materials to make contact with these entities intentionally. Therefore, doing DMT is a form or a branch of magic. And that was the ultimate conclusion. And we were saying to stay away from it because it's a branch of magic. and There's a lot of severe consequences that's going to come from people doing DMT. Yeah, and that was that's the summary of our video. And if you guys have oh, any
0: questions, yeah, yeah, there's a question that I have. Mm-hmm. So there's DNT that's external, but what about the internal or about the natural? Because like our, our, I think it's the pineal gland does actually produce mm-hmm. a certain amount of DNT.
2: So that's that's what I found. Yeah, sorry, I was just gonna say that's what I found to be the most interesting thing. So when I was maybe 9, 10, I had a random experience where I, I randomly had a lucid dream before that i had, had like a couple experiences of sleep paralysis and then i had a lucid dream so then i after that i just went into the spiral of reading and reading because i was intrigued and no one had any answers but being a kid um you know I, as long as i can remember youtube existed and the internet existed so i had almost infinite access of information at my fingertips and I just spent time going on on and on and it was very, like very quickly I learned about what DMT was and it's produced in the brain. It's, some say it's produced in the pineal gland and it has the potential of causing some of the most powerful experiences you can have as a human being. So I thought, okay, that's interesting. But what separates the experience that, or what separates the DMT that is produced internally, regardless of where it's produced, if it's in the brain and the lungs, wherever we don't actually know for definite, mm-hmm. But obviously they're theories, but we don't know if they're definite. But what separates that from externally is you can't have entity encounters on an internal experience. So you, you may reach a different state of consciousness or altered state of consciousness, which we can talk about in a dream, which is naturally produced anyway. It doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing because that's something that is given to you by Allah and you just have it. We don't know what the role of DMT is in the body. Um, that's a mystery. It's one of the greatest mysteries that... Human beings haven't sold, I think. Why is it there? We won't know. Um, is it linked to the soul? Maybe, maybe that's what it is, but maybe it's not. So it's just, right now we can only speculate and we probably won't know for sure ever because we're never gonna really understand what the soul is. And in one a in the Quran, in Surah Isra, it talks about the soul. Um, The, the Jews were asking Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi about the soul. And then Allah says, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ They ask you about the ruh, the soul. Uh, say that the soul or knowledge of a soul is from the matters of your lord so and we only have only but a little bit of knowledge so we don't know much about it and we never will it's something that allah knows and he's given us a tiny amount in the quran and in in the hadith uh, literature but yeah i think it As for what's different is, for me, the main thing is the entities and two, the steps that you have to take to get to a breakthrough dose, whether that be on DMT or ayahuasca is a lot and you can't produce that much naturally. So regardless of what the role of the DMT is in the body, it's not the same as taking that larger dose externally to put that into your bloodstream and then have those experiences which are very specific and occur in a very similar headspace, regardless of what culture or time period you come from.
0: So I have a question, but I feel like I'm I'm gonna get ahead of y'all here because uh, Me Fayed and uh, Ahmed we were talking about this during a call. So uh, I I let you speak about it, which is the barriers,
1: like that breakthrough. They call it breakthrough for a reason. Now that you know, when you think about it, in terms of barriers, too, which is very interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the barriers that like that breakthrough experience.
0: Yeah, so so well, you were talking about the um, uh, the barriers in terms of like when you meditate, you are lowering your barrier. Um, when you do yoga, so
1: I was saying that again. This is all a type of, a type of speculation. We don't really know how the, these unseen matters work. But ultimately, mm-hmm. when someone starts involving themselves in these activities is the, the, the jinn, so for those viewers that don't know, in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created man, uh, mankind from uh, clay, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the jinn from a smokeless type of fire, so we can't see them, they're made of, what, if, you, if you will, energy-based intelligence, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the, uh, angels from light, right? So the jinn, like human beings, they're of many different tribes, they're of many different types. Uh, some of them are Muslims, some of them are Christian, some of them are shayateen or, say, uh, or followers of Satan. And uh, they fulfill his orders and try and influence humans, human beings by whispering to them to do certain things and so forth. So when someone gets involved in magic practices, whether they realize it or not, it's in a way inviting jinn to come into their life. And these jinn are not going to be the good type of jinn because they're not—they're not supposed to possess you, right? So already, if something is happening and they're trying to influence your life in that way, then they're—they're they're basically going to be the ones that are evil, right? They're not going to be the jinn that are oh, you know, because you hear some people say this oh, you know, but my the my uh, the jinn that I have spoken with is a good is a good one. First of all, there's no way you can you can know that because they're from the unseen it's not like a human being where you can verify the information that they're saying you can't verify anything that they're saying and second of all if they're talking with you and they're trying to influence your life in some way then you already know that that's that's a serious red flag and we'll get into why that's a serious that's a a serious problem later but when someone involves themselves in these type of things they're basically inviting the jinn into their life so in some way the barriers that allah Emperor puts that protects us from this and our prophet muhammad has given us dua that we say before we enter the home so for example we say something before we enter the home some things that we say before we even have sex with our wives some things that we say before we say bismillah and this prevents the jinn from coming with you involving themselves with your food or eating your food while you're eating it or even at some point Joining you in sexual relations with your wife. So, Prophet Muhammad has taught us all of these different dhikr and dua that we say before we do anything that protects us from shaitan trying to influence that matter, right? So, magic is the opposite of that. It opens it up so that morgin can influence that matter or whatever you're trying to do. And that comes with serious harms and serious repercussions. So, uh, yeah, I'll take it back to you, uh, Brother Taneen
2: yeah i think we'll probably get on to this either if not in this episode another in terms of meditation yoga etc and other states so astral projection what is lucid dreaming what are all of these different things because these are concepts when you learn about one you're never if you're going to follow it for long enough you're inevitably going to find out about another and another so you learn about meditation and you go into yoga and you take and it's like a almost like this, this pathway that I think a lot of people have followed. I myself have, have um, looked, looked into it as well in the sense that I, I used to read a lot about it and it used to intrigue me. What I think is, it's kind of similar. Like you say, like it breaks down, you start breaking down these barriers. So it's pretty much just echoing what you've said. And in t- instead of um, building up these barriers to protect you from them, you're kind of opening yourself to them. You'll see some benefit. And there is some benefit, which is why you'll carry on doing it. You'll see some sort of improvement mentally, physically. I don't know. Uh, depends from person to person and activity to activity. You will see a benefit, uh, which is what is, which is what why there's this almost hype about it. There's this. Like it it's now become trending. The thing is, like you take some people who do, who focus on Zen Buddhism or Chi, or if you look at Tibetan Buddhists. They have all of these practices um, and if you look at the history of many of these things so lucid dreaming it, its history is in tibetan buddhism for for a long time these buddhists and these monks have been practicing it and they call it dream yoga it's one of their six main principles why do they do it um there it's a vehicle for enlightenment but what does that mean so that's how they perceive it but what do we look at enlightenment and all of these things in the islamic lens we see it as something different because to them, what be enlightenment or unity with the divine, or or something like that, may just be jinn possession, or maybe what jinn's giving them visions and something, or something uh, along those lines. So, I think we we need to like put it in perspective, and um, I think we need to look at these benefits and see is it worth it? Because there's a lot of negatives that a lot of a lot of people don't talk about. Um, And a lot of things that can happen when you're in these states that that are really messed up, Um, especially psychedelic states, like people who take LSD and DMT and psilocybin and mescaline and all of these drugs. You can have really amazing, blissful experiences, no doubt, but some of them are crazy dark. And you may know of some and you may have heard of some. And, uh, you you know, um, it's, it's, it's a whole different world. And the Quranic position is, Sure, these things have benefits. And this is Khamar in general, not necessarily not even magic, but drugs in general, they have some benefit to them, but the harm far outweighs the benefit. You may see the harm and you may experience it, or you may not, but if you don't see it in this world, you'll definitely see it in the hereafter. And we'll look at maybe one verse later in Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah 102, which talks about the end how the magicians sell their sell their souls basically. Um they're selling the hereafter. So you can't have both. Not, not on everything, and, and don't take that loosely. I do, do want to jump
1: on. Uh, go, uh, go ahead, finish no, your no. thought. I wanted to. to oh, no, I, I'm pretty much done. Go yeah. ahead, go ahead. So, I do want to say that uh, in a hadith, the uh, Prophet Muhammad wa was saying that uh, the soothsayers are of no account, right? And Aisha, sallam, his wife, was saying, but sometimes, she was saying, but ya Rasulullah, sometimes they give true predictions. And he said that it pertains to a hearing. That they snatch from the angels. So the jinn will try and overhear the angel speaking. Obviously, the angels are speaking truth. So they, they learn something and they take that back to the soothsayer and they mix that truth with a hundred lies. So that's why sometimes it seems like what they're saying is true. So the Prophet Muhammad is saying that, that that is how they do it. Not only that, that the person that goes to a soothsayer and believes him has disbelieved in the Prophet Muhammad. And this is a very important point because. Like Brother Khalil was saying, it appears that sometimes there are benefits, right? But it's the same thing that Prophet Muhammad was saying about the there, that there's one little truth mixed with a hundred lies. So the person does DMT and they have this experience like, wow, you know, I changed my life. I used to be an alcoholic. Now I stopped. I used to have all these problems in my life. Now I stopped. So there's one little one little thing that he held on to that he saw as a benefit but it's mixed with a hundred other falsehoods and false realizations about him, about his life. And I remember this one guy, used to do Brazilian jujitsu at a gym and one of the instructors was talking about how, uh, doing, uh, tripping on acid changed his life. He had a better relationship with his wife. Um, he used to be a a, a worse person, but acid helped him realize that, you know, he should take care of his son and he should be there for him and, I'm like, man, you don't need acid to come to that realization. He was like, yeah, but it's a shortcut. I had so many problems in my life, but now I'm doing better. And fast forward years later, I mean, years later, right? I see someone that used to go to that gym and I'm like, yo, how is so-and-so instructor doing? He's like, no, nah, man, he's not doing well, man. That guy was tripping out, saying that he's God, saying that he's, so he just had a mental breakdown, you know? So that's, and, and that is and th- That is really the experience of we go on forum after forum and problem after problem and people going through the DMT and ayahuasca. This is I was like 90% of the time you see that people are like, yeah, it's so good, it's so amazing, I changed my life. DMT is amazing, and they they become trumpeters, right, for DMT. They wanna they become callers to this almost like a religion, right. Mm-hmm. But later on, fast forward, mental breakdowns, experiencing mental health issues, uh, lack of concentration, they, experience, they start experiencing weird things in their life, and, that it, and and we'll get into why that is later, but it's, um, it's because what Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu well, Alaihi he explained it, one truth mixed with a hundred lies. So the person sees that one truth, but they ignore that there's a hundred lies surrounding it. You know, and there and that that guy's experience where he started having a mental breakdown saying he was God and so forth, uh, is quite common actually. It's, it's pretty common, you know, and, and there's a, there there's a reason for that because that path, right, is the same path as all of the other branches of magic and it all leads to the same thing, which is someone replacing Almighty God with either himself or with shaitan. You know, and that's the system that they believe in and they believe in it in different ways. So either they'll just straight up say, I'm a God, the way that Pharaoh does, or they'll say, they'll try and explain it in some mystical way. Oh, no, everything's God and we're all one with God. And by removing your ego, right, I can remove the illusion of myself and I can be one with God. And this is also how many cults started. This is also how many religions uh, that were false started. Um, So, for example, you had a person saying, look, I remove myself, I'm one with God, right? But uh, what we have instead of that is the Abrahamic face, all of the prophets, peace be upon Muhammad, Jesus, peace be upon him, Ibrahim, peace be upon him, what did all of um, Moses, Adam, what did all of them say? They said, look, God is your creator and you are his slave and you're here to serve God, right? So we know that the message of the prophets was never that. But then you have another group, right? This is almost like light and dark. These two parallels are running throughout history. Then you have another group saying, no, you can be God. You can become one with God, right? And this is nothing more than... And they they believe that when they do this, they can have certain powers. They can feel certain energies. And this is nothing more than, again, branches of magic or people following the footsteps of Shaipan. So for DMT, right? It's them communicating with the jinn because historically shamans did this so that they could communicate with the jinn. For yoga, it's the same thing. You're doing certain practices and certain breathing movements so that the jinn can enter into you. Uh, Buddhism, astral projection. And if you look at the connection between astral projection Experience that people have on astral projection versus the experience that people have with DMT—it's very, very, very similar. So, for example, some people on DMT will say, "Okay, we take DMT and we can have sex with the DMT entities, right?" And then same thing with astral projection. I do astral projection. I'm not saying I do astral. I'm saying someone says I do astral projection and I can meet the different entities and I can even have sex with some of them if I wanted to or if they were the appropriate entity to have sex with. So, when you see that, right? And you see that each, each branch of magic is basically leading to the same thing. But the way we have it in modern society, that it's packaged as if it was something else. And sometimes it's even packaged as if it's uh, religious. So you have in Christian groups. They'll say, okay, this is, this is the Holy Spirit entering in me. right?" And that's how they'll explain it. And then you, you, have, you have Muslims, some groups will say, okay, this is me being uh, one with Allah and I'm just doing these extra dhikr and extra rituals. But when you look at the ritual, it's very similar to, and I'm talking about some extreme Sufi groups that do this. You look at the ritual, it's very close to a shaman ritual, right? And instead of saying, um, or like what a Buddhist would do or a Hindu would do, they'd say, Allah, right? So you, you just gave it a little Islamic twist to it mm-hmm. to get Muslims to come in to it. But when you look at the practice, the practice is not from Islam. It's something else. And yeah, I, just,
3: I just wanted to add something quickly that yeah. Brother Gabriel was speaking on in one episode that we did that in Islam, all acts of worship or ibadah, they're all haram unless stated that they're halal, right? Yeah. This is very different than other things. Like when it regards to you know dunya things or intimacy, these things are more, everything is halal unless stated otherwise.
1: Even haram, yes. And we should always be on guard against bidah, which is a type of worship that the Prophet Muhammad didn't mandate. And there was a hadith where uh, three men came up to Aisha and asked him about what the Prophet Muhammad did. And, they, and Aisha said, You know, he, he fasts sometimes and he eats sometimes. And he prays at night sometimes, and he sleeps at night sometimes, and sometimes he uh, doesn't have relations with his with his wives, and sometimes he does. So then the three men, each one was like, "I'm going to fast, and I'm never going to break my fast." And the other one said, "I'm going to pray all night, and I'm never going to sleep at night." And the third one said, "I'm never going to have sexual relations with any woman." And they left. And when the Prophet Muhammad heard that that from his wife that they were saying that, he said, "I fast, and I break my fast sometimes." And I sleep with my wives and I stand at night in prayer and I also go to sleep. And this is my sunnah and whoever, um, and whoever tries to not do that is not from the Muslims. So these guys were doing that extreme monk. They had that extreme monk mentality that was, clearly if I do more, I'll, be, I'll do better, right? And Prophet Muhammad was like, no, don't do that. That's, that's a form of extremism, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we see that it's such a it's such a blessing that that Muslims have this because there is there's a very important hadith wherein an important Muslim uh, passes away and a solar eclipse happens at that time. And the Muslims think, oh, it must have been a solar eclipse because of the death of Prophet, I believe it was Prophet Muhammad's son. And Prophet Muhammad says, No, that's that's just a solar eclipse. It doesn't happen because of the death of any one of you. So you see that Prophet Muhammad is teaching the Muslims at the time to use their mind, to use their reason. And what's what's Allah SWT saying in the Quran? Do they not comprehend? Do they not think? Do they not have uh, minds or or even do they not have hearts that they comprehend with? So mm-hmm. Allah SWT is telling you to think. And sometimes the the, the, the would say, we follow the religion of our fathers. And Allah SWT says in the Quran. Even if your fathers didn't comprehend or, or, or think about anything like this. So Allah is always telling people to think. Whereas if we look at these DMT things, these yoga paths, all of these different pathways that come from the same branches of magic, what is it? Empty out your mind. Don't think about anything. Surrender all of your body and your mind to this uh, force or to this energy that you're feeling. So, <laughs> you look at the difference. So all of a was you think and use your brain. And this other path is saying no, surrender, surrender your body, give it all up. If, it doesn't matter if you feel really bad about it. Just just keep going. You know, it'll get better. It'll all make sense. And oh, that's exactly what these people do. They say oh no. I, yeah. Go ahead. I, yeah, I don't want to cut
2: you off, but I just want to say um there's these two paths. Some refer to it as the right-hand path and the left-hand path, and they refer to that in occultism. So this idea of the right-hand path is, you know, like the the Islamic faith, Christian faith, Jude the uh, the Jewish faith of we don't take magic, we don't deal with it; it's wrong, even though some Jews do. And we'll maybe get into that, but um, like it's being pure from that and connecting with God and surrendering, submission is the is the idea, and Islam is the most right-hand path because it literally means submission, and we as we as Muslims have not been created except to worship Allah. That's how that's how. We're, purpose in life uh, um, but the left-hand path is the idea that you can become God and this, uh, this is a message common with people who take psychedelics like oh I connected with God I became one with God I became a God um, and others say similar things like um, you know you are God and they say it more directly so this forbidden practice and and these practices of magic and this these occult these occult groups, they take this left-hand path quite openly, and they'll speak about it, and they'll say, we reject the right-hand path. We take this left-hand path. Um, magic is good, and there's we, we can grow and have power and increase our money and increase this and our dominance on earth, and they go on and on and on. So, yeah, it's a, it's a dark, dark thing.
0: Man, I got, I got a lot of things that I want to say. So, um, inshallah, I remember everything here. But one of the things, first off, is the fact of what you were referring to, the extremism and the hadith. Uh, you see that a lot in asceticism. I, I believe I'm saying it correctly. Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. Yeah. But it- it's what the, um, the yogis do, where, like, they don't eat. They-, they don't have anything. They're just, like, traveling. And they're just all shriveled up like bones. And they believe... That they will reach enlightenment Dude, this like wow. this. Yeah. And that's crazy. And I mean, if you even if you were to look into it, the Buddha himself said, No, this isn't it. Like I did this, I was about to die. And um, I I, I literally I had to eat food, and all the ascetics were basically looking down on me. And it's like, all right, well, you can see clearly in and of itself, okay. Well. the the thing that's like saying to do that is also saying not to do that. So there's a lot of confusion. And um, that's for people, if they try to ask questions and they want to know more, was like, look at Islam, there is no confusion. In in the real Islam, in the Quran, there is no confusion. It's all very clear cut. So that's the first thing I want to say. Second thing I want to say is that uh, this is very true. When people start going down the path of uh, the left path you were saying mm. where they they start to believe all this uh, hype you know and there's um, there's this brother here on YouTube I think his name is uh, Connor Murphy yeah he's he's um, yeah. You, you, yeah, yeah so he's uh, he's this big dude he was a uh, a fitness YouTuber then he he started losing his hair um, so he he got off all the gear that he was on, because you guys know if you're, if you're on gear steroids and yeah. the, all those compounds, it's going to make you lose hair faster if you have that genetic predisposition. So this man was starting to lose his hair, got off all the gear, started losing his gains, um, started to get his hair back. But then it's like in the process of losing his gains, he, he was looking for something else. So he got into the new age
1: stuff yeah
0: like all like the real in-depth yoga stuff and that's the next point that i want to make you so if i if i forget remind me it has to do with yoga and the meditation but um he got into the new age stuff he had a uh a talk with muhammad hijab and it was supposed to be i guess it was supposed to be a debate but it ended up just being a conversation and then he later made a video saying that he was muslim oh. and i was like subhanallah but in the same video that he said he was Muslim, he also said that he is God. Damn. And okay. I was like, "Ah, oh, bro, yeah. come on now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I saw that come video. Now. I was so confused. I was I, I watched that that conversation between Mohamed jab and Connor, and I was like, whoa, this is actually a mad conversation. I checked out his channel. Then I saw that video, and I was like, yo, this is mad. And then I saw him say that. I was like, okay, cool. Like, if he's just starting off, obviously, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to know necessarily right from wrong. So he just exactly. needs a bit of like... Like a helping hand. We need to be like uh gen like generous and kind and, and show show him like, look, man, this is the way. Uh yes. I don't know what it's up to now. I've seen a couple of like weird stuff, but inshallah I may Allah guide, man.
3: I literally saw that and he was like, I'm God, you're God, anyone can be God. And I was like, Okay, cool. Muhammad Hijab made that video. He even posted and said, Muhammad Hijab converted me to Islam. A month later, he posted another video saying, Oxford professor converts me back to atheism. Uh, and there was some some guy, uh, there was no. some... Uh, I forgot his name, but he's a he's a really skinny, scrawny-looking dude. He's a very outspoken atheist YouTuber. And it's not, you know, any ex-Muslim. And he basically made a video converting him back to atheism, which I don't even know how you can convert to atheism. But he basically left Islam in that video.
0: You know what I think he has to do?
1: Well, he probably yeah. was never a Muslim in the first place. Of Seeing course. God, he never really yeah. understood the message. He just... Yeah. You know, I, I remember these kind of people... Honestly, what happens is whatever feels good in the moment, that's what they're Mm going to follow. So I remember one time there was this guy who was like, yeah, you know, I'm Muslim. I had this amazing experience, blah, blah, blah. And I asked him a question. I was like, why are you Muslim? Is it because of this amazing experience? So if you were to have a random experience where uh, it, it it involved something from a different religion, would you just leave your faith and go to a different faith? And what if you had a third experience and a fourth experience and a fifth experience? What are you going to do then? So I said, you have to have a reason here, too. You have to have the mind as well. It's good that you're having this experience, but that's not the be all and end all. We also have to use our minds, too, to come to the appropriate conclusion. Okay. And, yeah,
0: that Bro, that, damn, that raises another point, yo. I feel like this this is going to be good episodes, inshallah, inshallah.
1: Inshallah, yeah. but um, I, I hope the introduction was good. I feel like we were all over the place. But honestly, that's because because it's a hard topic to talk about and there's so many things to cover and you feel like you're becoming a crazy person trying to tell people, you know, the conspiracy theorist that has all these dots connected to all the pictures and it's all connected guys, you know, so it's kind of like you're trying to explain that, but it's very hard to begin even. So that's why I, I like if you guys ask us questions, that's a lot easier than us trying to just overload everyone with information and explain all yeah. the concepts. But yeah, it makes felt-
0: sense. It makes sense. But um <laughs> to finish off what I'm gonna say here so we can wrap the EP up and then head into the next one, inshallah. Uh with with what you said, right, with uh this brother Connor Murphy, um number one, it, it is he, he's just kind of like going with what he feels. Anyone who's in the new age stuff, they just go with what they feel. And I like to, I like to refer it exactly to um, this EP that we had with, um, I think his name is Mahdi, Mahdi. How do you say it? Mahdi, Mahdi. Uh, He he has said in one of the parts when I had left the the video because I had to do something that um, before someone in Islam begins to look into other religions to understand their perspective, where they're coming from, or even atheism to understand where they're coming from. They need to be firm in their belief, in their deem, because if not, then they will be easily swayed. And fire was even going into uh, some slight examples here and there, how like, uh, the, what were you saying about the atheism? Like when you were looking into it, it was
3: kind of like shaping like, you. <clears throat> when I When I started practicing Islam, Because even as born Muslims, a lot of uh, these brothers and sisters can relate to me when I say that everyone has a turning point when they kind of get 10 toes down into the deen. You know, some people have already always stayed stayed on deen, but I'm talking about for the other people. So when they come back to deen, they start, you know, learning about the, the deen and, you know, getting more into their conviction. And they find all these channels like David Wood, you know, and all these, you know, atheist arguments. And I'm not going to lie to the new person into Islam who's not too knowledgeable. These arguments do seem true because he's quoting Quran and Hadith and all that. And I'm saying to the average layman, if they don't have affirmed conviction in Islam, all it might take is a little bit of, you know, the other side's arguments for them to start questioning their faith. Whereas I was advising people that it's much better if you're new into Islam to fully understand Islam then and prioritize that then after you've done that learn about the religions i do say the second part is important as well because it's, it's not until you fully understand the other person's or the other party's arguments that you can fully understand why they think the way they think and why we think the way we think and how to fully you know affirm your conviction and see the holes in their narrative or in their logic
0: mm-hmm. i think that's very important too because it it goes with the saying like you have to stand for something or you fall for anything
3: yeah, there was, this, like, there was this thing that I was referring to called uh, know thy enemy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just basic warfare and stuff like that. Like you need to yeah. know the opposing side and how they operate to kind of, you know, just make everything more seamless.
0: Yeah, but you need to know yourself first.
3: You got to know yourself first, I'm bro. Sure. And it's more yeah. important to know yourself than to know the enemy. But it's more important to know the enemy once you know yourself than to just only know yourself, only know yeah. everything through the lens that you That's see nice. in your
1: biases. Allah subhanahu nice. taala in the Quran, uh, that they forgot Allah, so Allah made them forget themselves, and they, they didn't they didn't uh, they didn't remember Allah, they didn't bring their prayers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. they didn't they didn't think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so Allah made them forget themselves. And then you see it; these people get forget themselves, they get lost, they start talking mumbo jumbo, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. saying I'm God, that's clearly someone who's lost in the sauce, you know. Because all it takes is a basic question. We know you're gonna die. What do you mean you're God, right? But no, they, these people don't. They don't want to see logic and reason. They, they they call Muslims fanatics, but they themselves are the biggest fanatics. And then they make fun of people of other religions and they say, "Oh, you guys follow dogma. We don't. We, we don't follow dogma. We're free and enlightened." But they are the biggest followers of dogma, right? And believing things without any evidence. Anything that they feel that they saw in their in their in their psychedelic trips or experiences that becomes the ultimate reality for them they don't question just like how you'd question a human on the street and a human on the street says oh i'm uh, i'm the ceo of microsoft I'm like oh really what's your name oh well my name is michael it's like, oh, i thought bill gates was the ceo of microsoft I'm like no no no. it's I'm michael i'm that it would be silly if someone just believed that but people that have these psychedelic experiences that, that they trip and they they have these breakthrough experiences they just believe whatever the entities tell them. They don't they don't think to question, okay, what if this entity is lying? What if uh, what if this is actually not true? They just whatever they see or whatever they hear, they think, okay, that must be the truth. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing with people that follow gurus. Whatever the guru said, it must be true. I'm not gonna question it. But Allah says repeatedly in the Quran, question, ask questions. People used to come to the Prophet Muhammad when something that didn't make sense, so they'd ask a question. You look at prophet ibrahim salam, when talking to the idol worshipers he would ask them do these idols speak do these idols talk can they benefit you right so allah is consistently saying look you have this mind it's a gift you use it and you have the prophets coming and they're not just saying oh just believe without any evidence not only did they did they tell you to think and use their brain they also used they, they also showed the people miracles to, to give them further evidence and saying look you know here's a miracle." But Honestly, from what i if you if you look into it, a lot of the times you don't really need a miracle. You just, you, you just need to use your brain and think a little bit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for those people asking for a sign, haven't hasn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already shown enough signs? Look at the moon, look at the sky, look at the stars, look at the trees, look at yourself, your way your, your body is, right? And the DNA and everything that you have in you, is that isn't that all enough of a sign? So then. Allah asks a question were they created from nothing or did they create themselves so when someone's like, oh I'm a god did you create yourself what do you mean you're a god it's like no no, no but I don't mean it in that way I mean all of us are a god and our our, our um our uh, individuality is an illusion and so forth okay if your individuality is an illusion uh sell your home give me your children uh give me your wife let me have all because it's basically giving it if you're giving it to me it's like you're giving it to yourself so just give me everything you have give me all your money too but again and some people do do stuff like that they'll give everything they have to their guru or to their cult leader right and they lose themselves and they lose their lives and their minds not only to the psychedelic experience but also to the guru and you hear so many stories of people that follow a guru there's one uh i think it was in the 90s sai baba who he said he was a god and he had many many followers and then allegations came out about him uh, having sexual relations with the little boys in his, in his um, I don't know what you call it, congregation. Uh, many people came out and said, you know, he's, he's a sexual predator. And you know, ad, ad infinitum, man. it's all that it happens all the time. People give up their minds, us, that's it. Whether they give up their mind to a guru or whether they give up their mind to the psychedelic experience, the end result is, is the same. You
2: know? When Just to wrap up, like when we say people sell their souls, even though we're saying they sell their souls, I mean, we could mean that literally, it also does mean that they're selling their bodies and also their, their minds. So they're either going to become sick and be inflicted with disease or some kind of physical sickness. And it's usually sicknesses that the doctors are like, we don't know what this is, we can't cure it. Or they'll be inflicted with mental disorders and they'll just end up going crazy, for lack of, for lack of a better word. They'll just absolutely lose it so they'll sell their souls yeah but they also have negative effects and books have been written about written about this from the islamic paradigm. so i think there was this one i was reading recently called jinn and human sickness and a lot of sickness and a lot of madness can be caused not always sometimes it is natural right you do have natural schizophrenia and so on but a lot of it can be caused with magic and interaction with jinn so it's a it's you're never going to get any, any real good from it. And if you do get good from it, it's not going to be worth it because you're selling either your body or your mind or both or your soul. So yeah, just know what you're doing.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's a very ungrounded type of practice. It all leads to ungroundedness. Like there's no stability versus if, if you're in Islam, there is stability, there is groundedness and, um, I think the last thing that I want to throw in here is, and we can talk about this in the next video for sure, right? Because this is something that I'm sure a lot of people are curious and they want to know about. And that's the whole thing about the different forms of meditation and yoga. Because it's like, look, there are, like, if you come to the West, the yoga that you see in the West, guys, that's just stretching. It's literally, like, very light form of exercise with stretching there is nothing crazy about it And then the meditation practices that you primarily see over here is basically um, just like a self-reflection based exercise or a focus based exercise where you're just trying to focus on maybe a sound or what your your, your breathing pattern or something like that. but it's like there are different forms and like the true yoga, and the true meditation are the ones that really lead you down that path. And I mean, I've had experience with it. But inshallah, we can all get into this in the next episode.
3: All right, guys, if yeah, you made so it this we'll far, type down hashtag Smokeless Fire so we know who made it this far. And I'll let Brother Ahmed wrap it up with a few thoughts and maybe a quick teaser, no more than a minute of what they can expect the next episode. Yes,
1: SubhanAllah. and it. I would say that this is part of the plot that when you give yoga as just stretching and when you give meditation as just, uh, as just self-reflection, but you call it those things so that people say, oh, I had a positive experience. Then they go down that road, not realizing what's at the end of those experiences. Very similar to the psychedelic experience or even when people smoke weed, they have a good positive experience. But then later on down the road, when when they're at the point of no return and they've had too much damage done to them, that's when they're like, oh, wait, there was something sinister going on this whole time. I've been being tricked. I've been being lied to. So, inshallah, in the next episode, we can talk about uh, the UFO experience and the history of UFOs. America started Project Blue Book to look at uh, whether UFOs exist or not in around 1947. So I'll give you guys the results of Project Blue Book and it's public information now. I'll give you the results of Project Blue Book in the next episode, inshallah.
0: Inshallah. So, with that being said, we'll wrap it up with what Ahmed said. Guys, you, you can do this thing. You know, you can say that you're self-inflating. You can say that you're stretching. You can say that you're exercising. And just leave it at that. There's no need to say that you're meditating, you're doing yoga, and it's not to say that you can't, but it's just to say that the way our mind works, we always search for more. We, we're never content with what we have. We're always looking for more. So if you say, oh, I do yoga, I do meditation. Well, you're going to be open to what's to come down that road because we're always looking for more. But um, with that being said, that has been the episode. Um, Insha'Allah, it helps you guys. It provides some clarity. Maybe it even brings up some questions that you guys can start to look into yourselves. Um, but with that being said, we will see you in the next EP. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi
3: wabarakatuh.
1: All right. May Allah bless you all. Comment
3: down below. It really helps the algorithm. And if you want to know more on a fundamental basis of jinn um, to the best of our abilities, check out episode 10. I will try to plug it in right now. Um, in episode 10, we go a little bit into like the, just the bi- basic gist of jinn, what they are, some, you know, ayats from the Quran, so on and so forth. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.